Welcome to Sustainable Futures, the sustainability podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company. In each episode, we speak with senior experts from a wide range of disciplines to bring broad understanding to complex topic areas and shine a light on the most pressing sustainability issues facing business and marketing, all designed to help marketers create sustainable futures for brands and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Kantar's Sustainable Futures webinar. My name is Jonathan Hall, and I'm managing partner of Kantar's Sustainable Transformation Practice. Kantar is a world-leading data, analytics, and consulting business, and the Sustainable Transformation Practice works at the intersection of brands, people, and sustainability. I'm delighted to have with me today Alex Peters from Reckitt and Nikki Morley from Kantar. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, Jonathan. So, Alex, would you mind just uh, introducing yourself and then um, perhaps Nikki could, could do the same to get us going? No problem. And thanks for having me, Jonathan. Um, I'm Alex from Reckitt, where I work as part of our Centre of Excellence for Insights. Specifically, I'm responsible for Purpose Insights. I'm responsible for developing best-in-class capabilities and approaches for supporting our business as we build our brands to deliver sustainable societal impact. Thanks, Alex. Nikki? Hi, thank you also for having me. It's nice to be this side of the microphone as well, rather than hosting. I'm Head of Behavioural Science and Innovation Expertise at Kantar, and I'm part of Kantar Sustainable Transformation Practice as one of their innovation experts. Brilliant. Look, thanks both. It's a privilege to have you both here today. Real experts in the space. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I want to start, Alex, by framing the conversation, because there's a lot of talk about purpose and sustainability and a lot of confusion in our experience. So could you help us by sharing how Racket defines the two and, and how you see their relationship? Yeah, sure thing. At least I'll give you an idea about how I frame them. Hopefully it's in line with Racket. I think it's a really important framing to get right as well and to make sure we're clear on. For me, purpose and sustainability are in fact both quite loaded terms. And I'm sure that people listening have got ideas jumping into their mind already as they hear me talking about them. So I think to me, both the ideas are not that dissimilar. They're intrinsically linked. And to a certain extent, they probably are the same thing. But there's one key difference I'd like to talk about. If I start from talking about sustainability, I would say historically for me, the first couple of things that jump into my mind when hearing this term would be things like carbon reduction or plastic reduction, um, probably because I've seen a whole bunch of that on the media being talked about in all sorts of contexts. These are two really important topics. There's no doubt about that. And both have real implications for how Reckitt operates. And there are many other things as well that could fall under sustainability, just to be clear. Things like the chemical footprint, things like water consumption, things like equality and fair wages, and many, many more. And as a business at Reckitt, we set targets and we work across our entire value chain, our operations and the actions of our brands to ensure we're doing the right thing by reducing and minimizing the impact we have as a result of the things that we do. All of these different topics that I've alluded to, they matter across all of our brands. And so sustainability is a really big topic. And we're looking to pull many different levers all at the same time to bring about positive change. If I then move on to purpose, my sort of second loaded term, this is actually the one I directly work on. Uh, and here it's about our brands taking a stand for a single key issue. So rather than moving all those levers at once, which are all important and fall under that remit of sustainability, here, it's about where our brands can have a disproportionate effect on one issue. Our brands are loved by many people around the world, and this gives them a really important voice to drive change. But having that voice brings a responsibility for those brands to also be doing the right thing. So in this context, 
On top of that wider sustainability that I've already talked about, our brands fight to make an impact in more targeted and specific areas where they have the opportunity and the credibility to do so. It's important to understand that as I talk about these two different things, it's not a case of either or, but and. Our brands and the wider record organization are working on sustainability in numerous ways. And on top of that, our brands are standing for specific individual issues where they can have that bigger, wider impact. This is still sustainability, but here it's about that one specific societal issue. And what we do is we use the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals to identify those big issues and ensure that when our brands take action, they're acting in concert with other organizations to address those fundamental challenges we're facing today. Lastly, I think I would say it's about these brands fighting to make a difference. And I actually prefer to talk about that fight rather than necessarily relying on the word purpose. It might uh, have a different expectation when you start from that position of fight. So you'll hear me talk a bit later on about the fights that our brands are taking. And that's what I mean when I talk about moving beyond some of those loaded terms. Super interesting, Alex. Thank you. So I love that idea of not either or, but both and, 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 and the use of terminology there. So each brand having a fight rather than that sort of quite vague term of purpose and how that's related back to the UN SDGs as a, as a sort of core integrating framework. So let's talk about a concrete example now of a brand in your portfolio. And I know, Nikki and Alex, we've, we've worked together on Finnish. So could you tell us a bit about that story and how it relates to what you've just been describing, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. So Finnish is a strong player in the automatic dishwashing space. And as such, it has a big voice to drive change. This brand stands for reducing water consumption. That is the brand fight that I was talking about before. All around the world, water shortages are becoming more acute, and this is having a detrimental impact on both society and the environment. The problem is expected to continue to worsen as well. Today, there's already 2 billion people facing some level of water limitations in a year, and unfortunately, we expect that number to go up significantly over the course of the next decade. So bring in the role of insights here. Our research has shown that automatic dishwashing uses up to 90% less water than doing the dishes by hand. It's a great starting point. But what we've also seen is that there's a very common habit of pre-rinsing your dishes before they then subsequently go into the dishwasher. And depending on the exact behaviors that we observe, this can add up to a sizable amount of water usage each time. So if I were to give the sort of the concrete numbers behind that, we would estimate that machine washing your dishes uses about 10 liters of water. The other end of the spectrum to hand wash is maybe 10 times that amount, 100 liters. But what we see in the real world is that hybrid behavior that I talked about. People are pre-rinsing them first and then putting them in the machine. This means that even when the machine is used, we're not realizing the full water saving that it could deliver. Uh, in fact, this hybrid action of doing both nets out somewhere in the middle at around 50 liters of water. So by encouraging people to drop that pre-rinsing step, we can save 40 liters of water each time through behavior change. And the brand, therefore, is on a mission to drive this change in multiple different countries around the world and putting that behavior change at the heart of their fight. We're not able to do that alone. In order to realize this impact that I'm talking about and that we aspire to, we need to change the existing habits of people. It, break that cycle of people pre-rinsing their dishes before the machine. And that's where we've partnered with Kantar 
to help us better understand how we can achieve that. Super helpful, Alex. Thank you for that. So what you said us touch on there, obviously, was those notions of behavior change and in, in trying to get people to take out the pre-rinse. And that obviously bridges into the notion of the value action gap, which is a challenge that all brands face. So the difference between people's stated values and beliefs and their actual actions and behaviors. So Nikki, I, I know closing the value action gap was key as, as Alex has started to describe there. Could, can you talk to us about the work we did to help unlock some of those behavioural barriers? And it always helps, actually, when a brand has a clear fight, because therefore it's able to define a behaviour that it wants to change. And therefore you can really start to understand what that gap is between someone's intentions to engage in, and reduce water consumption and also to engage in sort of pre-rinsing behaviour. And so really what we did was we used our behavioural science understanding to really unlock the person in their context to find out what was getting in the way of that gap, what was stopping them from water reduction, but the opposite side of that, what was encouraging them to sort of uh, to rinse. And we did some qualitative work to really understand what was going on in the minds of individuals and the context and the setup. We did some quantitative work to understand and size those sort of the, what we call the fuels and the frictions. So uh, a fuel is the idea that it would encourage a change of behaviour and the friction is something that's clearly getting in the way of that behaviour. And we wanted to size and prioritise those. But some people only go that far. What was really important to us and to Alex and the team was that we were able to then sort of translate those. And we were able to sort of come up with sort of clear jobs to be done that would enable us to close the gap through the brand, through finish and through comms, through interventions and things like that. So but what was interesting, but sat underneath there in terms of frictions, there were some interesting things going on in terms of attitudes and beliefs and behaviours. For example, sort of everyone was convinced about the superior power of a dishwasher. So they were pre it was one of the reasons that they were pre-rinsing. They, it, it, actually, it was just a really ingrained habit that people just, it was their tended default position. They also wanted to avoid some practical things like blockages. There was a lot going on there, but actually perhaps the, the biggest challenge in there is that faulty belief that in actual fact, they some felt they were doing the right thing. Some people actually thought that by pre-rinsing, they were actually doing the right thing for the environment. So again, there was quite a lot of richness for them to sort of, uh, for sort of us to work with in terms of translating that into tangible interventions that would help the Finnish brand through communications innovation to really sort of seek the fight that they were after and to close that value action gap. So those fuels and frictions, Nikki, that you've just been describing. So I guess clients in my experience, they often think of them just at the point of purchase, right? They're the sort of, you know, it's quite tunnel vision, but the way you were describing it, you know, they, they play out across the entire consumer experience journey. So could you just talk about that? Because that's obviously something that's going back up the value chain and back down the value chain, isn't it? Absolutely. So yeah, you, you find these fuels and frictions all the way across the whole experience. There are beliefs that people have about things, their values, they, they all cause sort of friction societal sort of beliefs, um, social norms, these act all the way across the journey, like you say, typically, you think about sort of in store and situational factors. But here, we're also talking about sort of post-use in usage you know even ultimately for some projects the way that these things are disposed of is really important that you think about the whole of the context when you're considering changing somebody's behavior and you're bang right that fuels and frictions sort of really span the breadth of that journey from sort of 
even before you get to the store, the beliefs are in your head all the way through to the disposal. So it's really important. And often fuels and frictions can be missed along the way if you don't consider the breadth of them and the context in which the person is operating. Where next for Racket on on the journey that you're going with regard to purpose and, and sustainability and the fights that each brand is pursuing? Yeah, I think that there's a, a real opportunity here. And I'd like to sort of respond a little bit to what Nikki said there about things going beyond the point of purchase. For us, any sort of uh, opportunity to drive these sustainable behaviors needs to be beyond that point of purchase. It's about the things that people do outside of the purchase decisions in terms of how they use their products and what they're using them for in order to enable that societal impact. If we were just talking about ways to push our brands and sell our products, then we would be you know, not being authentic, as it were, in trying to deliver our sustainability ambitions, which are core to what we're trying to do. So for us, the, the real goal is to find these different fights for each of the brands in our portfolio to enable them to have that bigger impact that's really authentic to what they're doing, that links back to their products, but that at the same time is addressing something that goes beyond the product and provides opportunities that impact all of society through the different things we're achieving. And it's not an easy journey. Some brands are very uh, easy to find that link to what difference they can make in the world, whereas others, we have to make sure that we really understand how those brands are understood by our existing consumers, what the, the right they have to play is, and how that they can deliver that in a meaningful and credible way. But that it's a journey that a lot of people within Reckitt are excited about. It brings a lot of uh, excitement, joy, uh, and sort of pride in the work that people are doing when we find and unlock these opportunities. Yeah, it's fascinating hearing you talk. So the, the notion of you know the role of a brand in the portfolio and the, the fight that each brand has um, within the, the UN SDG framework, and that is what gives you authenticity. And that's a barrier against greenwashing, isn't it? So we know that um, greenwashing is growing as a consumer concern, not only consumer concern, but also investor concern. And therefore, it's critical to have that authenticity that lies very much at the heart of your your brand fight. And then what you were talking about in terms of brands being on a journey, you know, you will only be able to achieve certain things um, at certain points in the future, right? And I think as long as you communicate that to consumers, then in our experience, certainly, you know, they have a, a great deal of sympathy with that. I don't know whether you feel that's the case. No, absolutely right. I think that transparency is a really important part of the conversation here. Uh, it's not about saying all the things you aspire to do, but it's about showing all the things that you are doing. And it's great to have aspiration. There's nothing wrong with aspiring to be better. In fact, I would encourage everyone to do that. But at the same time, it's also a real importance to demonstrating the tangible impact and finding ways to, to prove the difference you're making, whether that be stuff that is directly related to the products themselves uh, or goes beyond those into the wider conversations that are a bigger and better part of society today as people become more and more aware of these issues. And Nikki, just in terms of this point about authenticity um, at, a, at a brand level, at a purpose level, a brand fight, but it's also critical in terms of innovation, right? So um, as the products and services that you develop um, come out of that pipeline that are aligned to the brand, they need to be, from a consumer's point of view, authentic as well. 
Yeah, so you, in, in terms of authenticity and innovation, I think it's super important. It's really important to start from sort of brand, sort of what your brand stands for and actually having a clear fight really, really helps that job to be sort of super simple. I think it's really important when you're thinking about innovation to build on the sort of Alex's point. You know, we talk about swords and shields, don't we, Jonathan? We talk about trying to find the shields that everyone's got to talk about, but to also really, what's your sword? What's the sword? And actually, it's a really apt, isn't it, when you talk about fight? What's the sword you're going to go after? And how do you align your innovation to after that short sword? But it's really important to do that innovation, as we've talked about, and design it for success, design it to close the value action gap. And then you're doing it in a successful way. You're actually using action. You're not just talking the talk and you're heading towards greenwashing. You're actually driving real action. So part of that being authentic is being able to design the innovation itself to encourage that change, encourage that change for the different sort of consumer segments we have, such as those who are more active, who believe in sustainability, but those such as the believers and the considerers who are really driven by the design of an innovation and making sure you get that right to really sort of line up to your fight, line up to what your brand stands for. Authenticity, both in terms of marketing communications of the, the, the core brand purpose, but also the innovation that uh, the brand's driving. So critical to avoid greenwashing. So I just want to wrap up here, Alex, with any further top tips or, or key learnings for listeners that you would have in regards to notions of purpose or, or brand fights, as you'd say, racket and sustainability. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, I, I really like this uh, this little piece about the innovation there. I think that the role of the brand is partly what I was talking about before, that they have a voice, but it's partly that they actually have the products themselves, right? There's a role for those products to play. And there's an importance to have that link between that fight and the core products of the brand. They should be really hand in hand with each other. Secondly to that, I would also say that it's really important that you demonstrate to everyone you can the advantages of strategy in this kind of direction, this sort of fight-enabled strategy in order to drive it effectively. Nikki talked before about how we overcome the consumer barriers, but it's also been important to have internal proof points within our organization. Showing the people that we work with the impact that they're having through the work they do has inspired people across the entire business that they can make a real difference through their own work, through the things that they're doing. And to get there, we need to have robust measurement in place. It's really important for us that we can prove that we've achieved what we say we're trying to do. And that requires an entire toolkit to make sure that you have that robust measurement of the impact happening. And then last of all, in order to avoid that greenwashing, but also to ref reflect the fact that we're a business and we're trying to make money, uh, it's the way that we fund the things that we do with regards to sustainability and through and to fund the fights. It's to link business metrics to sustainability metrics in the way we bring them together across every part of that puzzle. So let me talk about those few ideas, try and link them together using the Finnish example. The first one about the product itself. In the context of my finished example, we have redesigned the product so that it works without that pre-rinsing step. That's a really important way to make the product an enabler of the fight there. Then if I take uh, Turkey, one of the key markets where we've activated this, what we've been doing there is collecting water bills. And we've been able to demonstrate a 20% reduction in household water consumption linked to our activity. This is our way of really showing the impact of the fight in a tangible and clear way. And then last of all, the business part. Well, 
because of this behavior change, this behavior change pushes people away from hand washing and towards using the machine. And as a result of that, while we save that water, at the same time, we're able to actually sell more dishwasher tablets and capsules because people are doing more dishwashing using their machine. So as a result of that, we actually see uplifts. We sold 11% more volume in Turkey last year as a result of this work. So it's that connection between the business metrics and the fight that mean we're delivering hand in hand the societal impact and the business goals that keeps everyone on board and helps us drive this forward effectively. Love that, Alex. Love the, you know, the product design, the demonstration through actual behaviors and the uplift um, in sales, as well as the delivery of societal impact. It's just the perfect story, isn't it? Nikki, what about uh, top tips from you? Doing nothing isn't an option anymore. You really need to think about designing with the value action gap in mind, designing to change behavior, products that link to their sort of core fight. I really like Alex's points. It's so important about internal engagement. This takes a mindset change. It requires momentum in the business. So get it, put your foot in, have a go, step into this and, and build the momentum, which Alex has managed to do so successfully across numerous brands beyond finish now. You know, and really it's about understanding the person in their context, understanding how to close that value action gap, and then not stopping there, to Alex's point, translating that into communications, translating that into innovations, and then making sure you measure that, that you see the value of that. And that helps you, as Alex says, reinforcing that back into the business. So yeah, but I think it starts from the basic that doing nothing isn't an option. Plastering over the cracks isn't an option taking the steps that Alex and the team have made and, and the people at Records have made is so important for getting this right. And I'm so proud of the journey that they've gone on and that we've been able to accompany them on that journey. Well, thank you both for, for framing that in terms of the relationship between purpose and sustainability and that notion of brand fights aligned with specific um, social and environmental issues. And then how you've driven that down into the, the, the Finnish example, the ways that um, we've identified what the behavioral issues were and then how we've been able to close the value action gap, taking into account um, issues of authenticity and then how you very concretely demonstrated both through an uplift in sales and through societal impact. So Alex Peters, um, Nikki Morley, thank you very much for joining us today. You've been listening to Sustainable Futures, a podcast from Kantar. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.